0: So, as I said, with the time at five past nine, good morning and welcome. It's a different voice this side of the table. It'll be the regular voice the other side of the table in a couple of moments' time. I'm standing in for Viv, and uh, I'm in deep into a territory that I'm not that very familiar with. But we'll find out in a few minutes' time, because the expert sits across the table from me. Just to say, friends, if you'd like to get questions in, we're open for business on 0818 3055. You can text or WhatsApp on 087 941 41. And that's, of course, with thanks to Irish Med Lawn Gold and Lawn Gold 24 using conjunction for a moss free beautiful lawn this summer. And you can email the program on studio at midwestradio.ie. Pori Horkin good morning.
1: Good morning, Jerry.
0: Question two. Are you brave enough to say now what you were saying off here a few minutes ago about rain? Are you going to hit me with it, Mr Harkin? Because well, <laughs> you I, put up a very plausible theory about I, well, rain. Well,
1: I, I hate to see rain on a Saturday, Jerry, particularly at the weekends because it, it makes gardening a little bit difficult. But I was looking at my own lawn only a week or 10 days ago and it started, you could see that little bit of yellowing coming into the lawn. The lawn was getting a little bit stressed, not due to any lack of nutrition, but due to a lack of water, right. believe it or not. And right. if you ask fishermen, the guys that are fishing in the Moy or lakes, the water level actually has dropped quite a bit over the last number of weeks. We haven't had heavy rain like we've had yesterday or today in particular for quite a number of weeks. So soils were beginning to dry out, shrubs were coming under a little bit of stress and when that happens, growth actually stops. So the the lack of moisture has that effect on plants. It's like if you don't water your indoor plants, they physically stop growing. So what we're going to see after today is the lawns are going to be beautiful and green. The trees are going to kick back into growth again and shrubs are actually going to start growing. And of course, weeds are going to start popping up as well. So whilst, you know, the, the, the rain is very heavy and we're going to have quite a bit of showers tomorrow, that rain was actually wanted, particularly for crops like potatoes. People that had potatoes, they're actively growing, they're in flower at the moment and potatoes need huge amounts of water as the tubers are beginning to form. I have a theory about sports, whether on. I'm right or wrong or not. I feel in a wet
0: country, like Ireland yeah. you get a beautifully dry spud yes. and if you go to the continent to get spuds where they're
1: warmed up with sun they're soapy they're
0: wexy, wexy waxy waxy soapy am potatoes? I right or wrong on what well, I well that can
1: depend on the varieties as well but potatoes because of their bulk and size need copious amounts of water because okay. when you think of, when you think you plant a, a seed back in March yes. and it grows nearly a metre in height a metre in diameter and it produces maybe up to 20 tubers of potato that are full of moisture potatoes need moisture during the, the summer months so this drop of rain will actually be welcomed by people that are growing vegetable, um, particularly potatoes. But also for gardens, you're actually going to see the lawns within a day or two. They're going to transform from that kind of a hungry, greeny looking, um, light kind of coloration to a really rich color now uh, in the next couple of a days. A lovely wash of green is ahead yeah, so, of us all. So the drop of rain is actually no harm and it's a bit, bit welcomed. And if people haven't, say, fed their plants in the garden, say they haven't given their shrubs a feed, Today or tomorrow would be the ideal time to do that because we're actually going to get really strong growth over the next couple of weeks now because of this drop of rain and the rain will wash the fertilizer into the plants so it's much needed and and plants will kick back into growth again. So... So Tell
0: so, me this. I know when you start, you always like to say, these are the things that should be done. Yeah. Because of the type of day we have today and possibly tomorrow. Are these <laughs> days when people just put their feet up and listen to us uh, too?
1: Absolutely. Sit in and, and uh, dream in about but, what you should well, be doing. Look, look at your garden. I took a walk around my own garden last night, actually, yeah. just to, to you know, just to, to see what was actually coming into flower. And and, uh, and today is the day where, you, yeah, you sit back. Now, what I'm actually going to do after the programme, right. I was in the garden centre this morning, so I picked up a couple of packets of seeds. So I'm going to sow some seeds indoor in my tunnel, what and kind that's of the seeds? great, great thing about having the tunnel. You can spend an hour or two. The rain can be pattering, pittering away in, on the top of the tunnel, and you're sowing seeds and taking cuttings. So the seeds I'm actually going to sow are some anthuriums because anthraniums, if you sow them from seed now, they will grow and they'll come into flower next spring. Um, I'm also going to sow some wallflowers. So, wallflower seed. Um, I have another packet of seed. What else did I bring? Some rudbeckia, which is a perennial plant. So, the temperatures at the moment were up on 16, 17 degrees. So, it's actually perfect weather, Jerry, for sowing the seeds of plants. Both vegetables, herbs and flowering plants. So flowering plants were sowing the seed of many things like lupins, del- delphiniums, all the perennial plants that you see in flower at the moment, the foxgloves, they're sown from seed at this time of year to plant out later on in the autumn to come into flower next year. So gardening is always about planning ahead. Last Wednesday, Thursday, I took cuttings of wallflowers. So I was pruning back some wallflowers in the garden and I said rather rather than throwing away the stems, I'm going to actually propagate little cuttings from those. So Small pieces of little four to six inch stems, put them into a little bit of rooting powder, into some pots, cover them with a plastic bag and they'll root in six weeks' time. So it's that type of gardening I would do for the next couple of days. And when those root in six weeks' time, yes, what happens then? I plant them out of doors, so I plant them into flower borders. They'll grow on through the late summer, autumn period and they'll come into flower then next March, April. May so things like winter pansies, winter violas—they're all for sown from seed at this time of year, and it's probably one of the easiest time. We often we associate the sowing of seed with springtime yes, generally, yeah, yeah. March, April, May. Very much but so. Those months can be quite cold, and we have to keep the seedlings in on the windowsill and n- nurture them on. Whereas at this time of year, you've got the natural temperatures created by natu- you know, the, mm-hmm. the ordinary temperature. So simply, uh, you can sow seed in in coffee cups, in in tr- seed trays, and anything at all. A little bit of compost, cover them with a bit of cling film, sit them into your tunnel greenhouse or somewhere sheltered in the garden and within two or three, within seven days, eight days, they'll have germinated and they'll give you new plants. And it's a great way of propagating plants. So ju- late June, July is a great time for t- taking the cuttings of your favourite garden plants, but also the sowing of seed of many, particularly perennial plants, those cottage garden plants that we admire at this time of year. You can sow them quite cheaply from seed. And in the vegetable department now, is there anything that can be sown at this time of year that might
0: even give you something before the end of the year?
1: Oh, absolutely. So again, and again, remember the temperatures are perfect at the moment for sowing. So... There's, there's so many vegetables can actually be grown for autumn, winter and spring use at this time of year. So straight away, I would be sowing the seeds of some of the winter lettuce, like winter density. So you sow the seed again in seed trays or containers. They'll germinate within seven or eight days. You plant them out of doors and they will continue to grow through the autumn. You can even start using them in the autumn. I mean, lettuce plants can be used as soon as they're four or five inches wide. You don't have to wait for them to form the big head. Like of big lettuce. heads of cabbage. Yeah, you just take... Take what you need and the plant regrows again. Winter kale. Now, again, if you pop into your local garden centre, lots of these plants are available for planting. So, if you've got a bit of space at the moment, you can plant them out or even if you've got a window box, plant them up. I have actually, in in the tunnel, I have uh, a couple of window boxes planted up with kale and I'm using it already. It's only, it was only planted about four weeks ago. It's about, Asian, maybe a foot high at the moment and we're starting to cut it now and use the young leaves rather than waiting it, waiting for it to get yeah. really big. And they so, call kale a superfood. It is, absolutely. There's black and green kale. Black kale has that really dark, really green uh, like foliage. Like a of green. Yeah, clothing. really dark, We're nearly, nearly bordering on black and it's high in all the vitamins that yeah. are important and antioxidants, but also green kale is lovely as well. It's lovely and mixed through potatoes, you know, to give you the canon or used even just instead of, of um cabbage. Speaking about cabbage, there's a really nice variety at the moment you can plant called Dutchy. So it's Dutchy cabbage. It produces these lovely cone shaped heads right through the autumn. Would that the be winter. white or green cabbage? It's then? a green cabbage, really like pale green cabbage, really tasty, lovely, absolutely lovely with the bacon and cabbage or, oh, or with no, you're the ribs. Talking, Harkin, here we go. Um so so there's many leeks can be planted this time of year. Winter, the, the the white Lisbon winter hardy onions can be sown at this time of year. Winter carrots. So there's a carrot variety called Eskimo, which, as the name suggests, is one of the hardiest of all the carrots. You sow it from seed at this time of year and you harvest it from September right through up until Christmas. So you can have your fresh carrots coming right up to Christmas. So there's lots and particularly for listeners that might be digging out early potatoes. So if you planted potatoes and you're digging them out now, yeah. we're at the third week of june certainly third fourth week of june varieties like home guard you see them on sale on the side of the road the wexford yes yeah so the home guards the sharps express the british queens people will be digging those out of their soil in the next couple of weeks and if you've got if you've done that and you've got some bare soil then get the plants that i mentioned the kale the leeks the winter onions the winter uh, carrots all the lettuce varieties, they can be planted into that space and you're continuing the cropping then right through the, the winter period. So there's no stage, like yeah. spinach, for example. Spinach is a vegetable that you can harvest right through the winter. It, and if anything, it gets better the colder the weather gets. Same with kale, it gets better the well, colder the winter gets. Broccoli, so you've got the lovely purple sprouting broccoli, which again you can harvest, particularly in spring of next year, February, March, April of next year, uh, that it can be harvested at that time of year. So wow. there's lots. There's no excuse. There's always not to be, something to be done. There is, and all the herbs as well, Jerry. They can be planted. Many of the herbs are perennials, so they come back year after year, like sage, thyme winter savoury, marjoram, oregano, chives, all the popular herbs that people like to use on a regular basis. They can be planted from plants at this time of year. They'll continue to grow. You can continue to use them right up to Christmas, for example. So all the stuffings, the sage and thymes, beautiful in stuffings, particularly at Christmas time, but you're picking them fresh. But they can be planted at this time of year, either from plants that you get in your local garden centre or indeed from seed. So it's a terrific time to sow plants from seed. And I think the pack of wallflowers that I picked up this morning has 400 seed in a pack. <laughs> yeah, I was figuring out, what am I going to do with 400 wallflower plants? But but that's how many seed, you know, for a couple of euros, there's so many plants in each pack. of What seed, would so. be the
0: growth rate as a matter of interest? Like if you get 400 seeds in a pack, like clearly not 400 seeds will grow. But
1: well, if the, you mine them and you look after if them. If you look after them, with, with wallflowers, they'll certainly, you'll certainly get an 80% Success Return. rates, yeah, probably hmm. even 90%. So you will have lots of them to no, give away. Wallflowers. Yeah, yeah. Now, with many of the packs of seeds, you can sow them, particularly with vegetables, sow them little and often. Yeah. That's the trick. So yeah. you can use the same pack. They come in little foil packs. You can just seal them up. And generally, yeah. the seed is good for several years. So even if you buy one pack of seed, you can actually hold on to it for quite a long time. You don't have to sow them all in the one go.
0: We're never too far from weather. And we are
1: told this weekend that we could see thunder and lightning. Mm.
0: Does that mean blight?
1: Well, when you, blight really returns when you get humid, the sort of temperatures we're getting at the moment, and continual rain as we're having at the moment. So blight will definitely be uh, a factor uh, at this time of year. So not so much a problem on the early varieties because you are going to be digging those out fairly soon, in the next two to three weeks. So I wouldn't worry too much if you've got the, the Sharps Express and Home Guards and British Queens. They're pretty okay. But for main crop varieties like Roosters, Curse Pinks, Golden Wonders, all the varieties that you're going to be leaving in the ground to the end of August, early September, yeah. the next dry day, get yourself a little bit of the um, bear to a, a potato blight fungal control. It's quite good because it's systemic, which means it enters the system of the plant and it protects from within. Yeah. So many of the sprays are, are what we call contact. They just Is diethane still on the go? Dithin is is still available. But the the issue with Dithin, two things with it. First of all, it's a contact spray, so it only protects what you actually apply it to. So as the plant starts to grow, that new growth is not protected. And the second thing with Dithin, what we find with diethane is that it accelerates the growth. It makes the leaves and the stems grow very vigorously. And that can be problematic because, A, that new growth is not protected, but secondly, the plants tend to fall over. Uh-huh. So the more modern treatments, like the bear treatment, potato treatment, is designed to work from within. So it's like an antibiotic yeah. working within the plant. Yeah. So as the plant produces new growth, it protects that new growth. So generally, if you apply a Bayer potato blight treatment, you don't need to treat again, even though there might be blight weather, for at least two and often three weeks. So it protects for that length of period. And also what we found with bare treatment is that if you do have a little bit of blight on the plant it corrects that it stops it from spreading further you know as long as it's not gone too advanced so it's quite a good treatment things have moved on Things have moved on. All right, well, we're going to take a
0: break. We'll invite, there are questions in already, I see, which is going to keep you busy. But having said that, we'll take more. So you can text or WhatsApp 87 with thanks to Grow with Goulding, premium plant feed, seeds and more, tailor-made for Irish gardens. And you can phone us on 81 And we will talk to you in two minutes' time. Now, Paddy Corkin with me in studio for the Gardening Hour. Are you ready for questions? Go on, shoot. Let's go then, Doctor. I have pine and spruce about 10 to 15 foot high and are providing great protection around my farmland, Brilliant. but I don't want them to grow any taller okay. as the lower sections won't have any branches for shelter. Yeah. How do I stop them from growing any higher? Oh. I saw a piece on TV years ago where Christmas tree growers put a spray on the top to stop them growing up, but still ticking at the bottom.
1: Yeah, well, there, there are sprays, there are... Um growth regulant sprays, but they're not available to the amateur gardener. But having said that, both pine and spruce re- respond really well to trimming back, particularly when the trees are young like this. Okay. So my advice really is, and this would be a good time of year, when the weather dries up, to give them a trim. So trim the tops, trim the sides, and that will help to thicken the plants out. And pine in particular responds really well to regular pruning, when it's uh, pruned on a regular basis as a young plant and these are relatively young at 15 feet high go for it go for it trim them back blue stone
0: and washing soda for blight can i reuse what i've left over no
1: you want to use it fresh right. so that's the old the old uh, bluestone which is yeah. basically copper yeah. it's a metal spray and, and that helps to protect against um potato blight now bluestone uh, the bluestone mix again is a contact spray so potatoes, you particularly when blight, we get blight weather, you need to be spraying about every seven days right. with the blue stone because the, the plants are obviously actively growing and putting on new growth. So use that on a regular basis, but you really need to use it fresh. It just okay. crystallises and it goes off.
0: Would it be considered a more organic type of a spray? Yeah, yeah. it would
1: actually. It right. would, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Absolutely. So
0: that would be the re- maybe one of the reasons why somebody would use yeah, that as a Yeah, and it's an old treatment yeah, as well. It's yeah. the real Going old treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going yeah. Is it too late to sow wildflower seeds now?
1: No, it's actually a We've perfect time that, of the year, we? particularly with this drop of rain. So wait for the ground to dry up, clean it off of any of existing weeds that are there, put down a little bit of garden lime because wildflowers like that and literally just chuck the seeds on, give them a rake in and they'll, be, you'll, they'll start to appear within several weeks.
0: I think you might have to come around here, I'm not sure. Two questions for Pora Cork and I didn't see this one when we were talking, on. Aylron, so you're going on the spot now. I've been gifted a cutting of an old climbing rose. Lovely. Is it safe to plant it under a conifer or would needle drop be an issue?
1: Well, needle drop makes it very acidic. So, and and the other issue under a conifer is that it's going to be quite shaded, and climbing roses do need. Um, a bright sunny location. So it depends on the size of the actual conifer that you want the climber to go up through. So first of all, if it, and this is a great time of year for taking the cuttings of climbing roses or old shrub roses. You know the beautiful roses yes, with the really, really rich scent. That lovely you rosy also scent, yeah. often find them in yeah. hedge rose. Great time to take little cuttings. So all you do, take them above pencil length, pencil thickness, take off any flower buds that might be on it, strip off the leaves, Dip it into a little bit of rooting powder, insert it into a a gritty compost, maybe five or six cuttings into a small pot, cover with a polythene bag and put it into a sheltered spot for about six weeks. It'll take it about six weeks to root. Once it is rooted, I would pot it up into a pot, grow it on, get it really strong for maybe a year and then plant it at the base of the conifer and let it up through. Perfect.
0: Now, Olivia, by the way, from Mayo Abbey, who enjoys the show, she's also sent us a picture of a geranium that has a very delicate lilac type. Of, if you want to pop around and okay, have a quick look at come it. Around the come side. around this okay. side. Yeah, yeah, pop around the other side behind me and you'll have a gorgeous, as they say, from Olivia in there. Oh, Mayo. that's lovely. Do you see that? Yeah. So what is this
1: geranium? Oh, um, well, the, the picture is very is too close to... if, if you need, You'd need to see foliage as you well. Know, leave, yeah, would if, you? if it, Olivia could give us maybe a couple more pictures and come out from... the, It's very, very close yeah. to the actual flower. So maybe come back from it and uh, we can we can identify it a little bit easier
0: all right perfect all right well if you do that
1: Olivia we would greatly
0: appreciate it back we go to some of the questions that are flying in at this stage why would a three-foot tomato plant not be producing any tomatoes
1: (laughs) well it's still in its teenage. it depends on the variety first of all so tomatoes are just at the stage now where they're flowering and and producing their their fruit so and remember tomatoes will hold their fruit or produce the fruit right up until October so there's plenty of time just yet and so At three feet high, if it's a variety like Shirley or Alicante, it's still in its its teenage stage. It's just coming to the stage where it's actually producing its flowers and its fruit. So it's nothing to worry about. The key thing with tomatoes is once the fruit starts to form, we feed them once a week and water them once a week as well. Make sure you keep um, them out of, ideally in a tunnel, keep them in a tunnel or or greenhouse or in wet weather like this, make sure you put the blight control on them as well because tomatoes and Potatoes are in the Solanaceae family, they're related, they're cousins, and they they suffer from the same diseases. So Hmm. potato blight can affect tomatoes equally as well. So be careful with that. If you've got tomatoes in your greenhouses and tunnels, don't wet the foliage when you're washing them. Apply the water just to the soil because potato blight is spread by moisture, by droplets of water. So if you keep the leaves dry, you won't have problems with potato blight on tomatoes. Now, there's a top tip. Well, we're going to stay in the Solanaceae family. Is that all right? Early potatoes being dug now, why are they so small? Well, because things have been dry okay. and, and I know people think that it's been quite wet, but you look at the lakes and the rivers, the water level has actually dropped quite a bit. Um, you might be digging them a little bit early as well, depending on the variety. So my advice is always, you know, for first earlies, generally speaking, when they start to flower and they're in full flower, that's generally the stage when the, the tubers should be at, at a good size. Yeah. But always just dig one stalk, just lift one stalk, take out a couple of tubers, test to see what the size is. And if you're happy with the size, then start digging. If you're not, just leave them alone. Give them another two weeks to grow on. Maybe give them a quick liquid feed and let them bulk up a little bit more. So you can leave them. There's no urgencies to start okay. taking them. All right. Okay, you're not
0: under a timeline, as no. they say. Morning, Porrick. I have some lupins and some of them have seed pods on them now. Great. Can I use the seed po- seeds from the pods? And if so, what do I have to do from a Mulrani
1: listener? Okay, great, great question. So lupins are beautiful this year. They're flowering really, really well. And they do produce these hairy... Uh, seed heads again. Lupins are in the pea family, and the the pea pods or the pods oh, that produce pod. are just like they're just like yeah. pea pods, right? So you can allow them now there's two things with lupins if you want to extend the flowering period and keep them blooming longer you need to be deadheading which physically means removing the seed pods so you're cutting as soon as they're producing the seed pods you're cutting that flower to allow a new flower to come on so deadheading maybe once a week and removing any of the seed because the function of any plant jerry is to produce seed and reproduce itself and once it does that it sits back and relaxes. And relaxes and, and it stops it producing flowers. In relation to the question, you can allow a couple of the um, flower heads to produce seed. The seed will be ripe around the end of August, August sort of period, once the seed goes brown uh, in time. So you want to leave the old flowers on the lupin plant mm. until certainly the middle of August. Take them off then, open up the pods and you should see the brown seed. And you can sow the seed straight away and that will produce a lupin plant that will come into flower this time next year. Powerful. Can you ask, Parik, how long do you need
0: to let, is it, allium flower heads die back before you can cut them back?
1: Well, no, the alliums, so the alliums are beautiful at the moment. They're in full flower. So these are the real big purple balls oh, of flower. Oh, right. yes. You often yes. see the Chelsea flower yes. show at Bloom. People love them. They're in the onion family, same family. So all is everything th- th- related to everything in these things? Well, right? of course, the, you know. The, I suppose the, it's the, true, it makes sense. first cousins around. It's yeah. you know, yeah, true, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So the alliums are in the onion family and they produce the beautiful big... Now, they're in full flower at the moment, but again, as the flowers are fading, you remove the flower completely. So you cut it right down to close to ground level. You leave the foliage to grow on because it's important. Alliums are grown from a bulb and anything that's grown from a bulb, the foliage needs to die back naturally. So don't touch the leaves, but keep deadheading the flowers. And many of the florists love the old withered flowers of alliums because they hold their shape and you can spray them with different colours and put them oh. into arrangements so that you can use them rather than just dumping them. Uh, but regular deadheading, taking off the old flowers, that'll encourage lots of new blooms.
0: More top tips. I'm moving box balls in a long, into a long container. What are box balls?
1: Box balls are, so this is um, box wood, you know, you, oh, it's okay. often used for hedging. Right. You know, the, it's yes, like really yes. dark leaves. Yes, yeah. So, um, so sempervirens is the name of the plant. So it's, we call them box. Box balls is where they're shaped into yes. a box. Into this yeah. circular shape, you can shape them into pyramids, into spirals. So it's a really slow-growing evergreen plant to use for hedging. Okay, um, really nice. Well, light.
0: this person is okay. moving box balls into a long container. Can I use some homemade compost with multi-purpose,
1: or do I need some grit? Thank you. Oh, I would put all three together. So use your the, the, the compost that you have from home, the homemade based compost use some multipurpose to mix through it and use some grit as well the reason we add grit to compost is just to aerate it Mm. to keep the pores open it gives better drainage and it just allows the roots to breathe better so it's always good to add a little bit of grit particularly for for um plants in containers and particularly when you're using your own compost as well because it can be quite heavy so make a, a good mix of that and get the box balls into it
0: i got no flowers or very little on my weeping cherries this year any reason for that
1: well, it's, it's, at this stage, it's it, obviously the, the horse horses bulged. So cherries have finished flowering for this year. But what you can do is prepare them for next spring. And so anything that's spring flowering, so flowering cherries, camellias, azaleas, rhododendrons, they all produce their flower buds in the autumn of this year. Right. So the flowering for next spring depends how well the plants grow during the summer and particularly in the autumn. So my advice really would be to feed that cherry tree now, this time of year, with a rose fertilizer with a high potassium feed. So something like a rose feed shaken around the base once a month right up to September. That'll help to set the flower buds on the cherry for next year and you should, get, should be covered in blooms.
0: Now, here's a person that's into product and it says protect garden potato blight control. It must be some kind of a product, is it? this in a picture of it, and they say, "Hello, Porik, is this good for blight?" But what? it doesn't sort of. You Do you to, to could, could, you, pop
1: around if you don't mind. Okay. We'll exercise you today. We'll, we'll, <laughs> oh, that's so. That's that. That's the product, yeah. So that's the bare treatment I was talking oh, okay. about. Okay. Okay. So that's, okay. Perfect so that's the, for, the one you can use that both on potatoes, Jerry, and on tomatoes, and that has a systemic control.
0: Stay with me, Porik. Stay with me, son. Porik, plum tree with few leaves this year, twenty years old. What's the problem? Asks Michael. Oh,
1: Mike, it looks like it has actually.
0: Gone to to
1: heaven, yeah, Yeah, I'd remove it to be honest. It may have suffered from uh, silver leaf disease which is a disease of plum trees but that tree should be in full leaf at the moment and there isn't there isn't a blade of, of a leaf on, present. Pretty because it looks yeah. like a lovely garden Yeah, lovely no, yeah, Absolutely and and plums can suffer from Oy, there's a, there's a a very very little leaf growth on it I'd say that has um, that Is it has adios? Happened. I think these are probably just pictures yeah. of clo- of it in I'm context. Yeah it's yeah. obviously got silver leaf at some stage so I would remove that tree. Maybe plant a malice which would be an easier tree to grow and still has the purple leaves lovely pink flowers and lovely uh, red fruit in the autumn, and now is a good time to actually to plant a new tree.
0: Stay again because look at this. What is eating these roses, please? Some of the leaves are completely eaten. Yes, yeah, so now closed.
1: this rose is in, in in bad condition. Look, you can see some black spot on the leaves. You yeah. can see some uh, holes in the leaves. There are a number of of um, I won't say pests, but insects that actually uh, visit our roses. So it looks like insects on that. Doesn't yeah, but there's actually there's actually a bee that um, takes the leaves off uh, roses. So it's a bee cutting, the bee cut, or bee rose leaf cutter, which takes sections of the leaves, believe it or not, Jerry, yeah. for its nest, oh, for it's nesting. Tough. Yeah, yeah. So look at my advice really with this rose, it's in bad condition. I would actually cut that rose back, pr- prune it. So take off six or eight inches of the stems that will remove the damaged leaves. Give it a good feed. It'll kick back into growth again. And as long as you feed it once a, once a month and treat it with the rose clear from now on, that should come back into flower in September.
0: Hi, wondering if there is a liquid feed available for putting on these this foliage of mature heathers, as shown. It's difficult to get to the base yep. of the plants, regards to Seamus in Cross Malina. Yeah, so nice
1: she- Seamus. Seamus is a beautiful garden yeah. there. So you can see the heathers. The heathers have completely filled in the bed, Jerry. Yep. You can also see it looks like a juniper, a blue juniper. See that ground covering? blue conifer that's spreading out yeah. between the heathers and there's there's another conifer right at the back with the golden leaves. So the bed is completely covered. So Seamus has no problem with weeds in this bed because you can't physically see the soil, but he cannot feed the plants with granulated feed. So a liquid feed is absolutely ideal. You could use something like um, Bloomy Magic would work really well. It's a really good liquid. Fertilizer, you use it, mix it in water, and again, a day like today would be an ideal day to get it on because the rain will help to wash it in as well. To get it into the position. Exactly.
0: My peony is just finishing flowering. When can I transfer them into the garden?
1: Well, it's not oh, well if they're in pots, if it, I presume this is in a pot from what the listener is saying, so it's it's just finished flowering the one to transfer. Yeah. So if it's in a pot, then there's absolutely no problem. Today, tomorrow would be a great time to get it into the garden soil. It's actually going to be great planting weather Jerry over the next couple of days because of that moisture level. So if you need to move plants from that are in pots at the moment, then the next couple of days is the ideal time to do it. But peanut roses don't like to be moved if they're planted in the soil. Right. They dislike transplanting, but if they're in pots, there's no problem.
0: Perfect. Now, see this. Yeah. Good morning. If Pori could tell me the name of this shrub. This is out now. Also, this tall one that's beginning to flower with a small blue flower. And can I cut it back after flowering? Can we what is it? closer to that? D- Win closer you Can you zoom in on
1: the picture? No. Just to see. It, oh it looks like it it's actually, me? do you know what that plant is? Huh? That's the potato vine. That's a plant called um, Solanum. Solanum glasnevin. Oh yeah. Ma- so it's, it's a... It's a we was call it all it developed it, in Glasnevin? It was. Oh. In the Botanic Gardens, where oh. I studied many years ago. Um, it's a lovely plant for a wall. It's quite fast growing. It comes in a white form as well, called jasminoides, because the flowers are like a jasmine flower. But this particular one, uh, Glasnevin, has these lovely, beautiful... Blue flowers, very easy to grow on a wall, makes a great wall plant actually, and it's quite vigorous, so it's great for covering a wall, say up to 10 or 12 feet, easy to grow, flowers every year, and that plant will actually stay in flower until October. Looks from nice. now. Looks yeah, nice, beautiful. Now, can Paul repeat again what he said regarding cutting back wallflowers? Wallflower. So this is the time of year and you can see the picture now. This listener sent in a picture of their wallflower. So you can see the flowers are beginning to fade. It's beginning to produce seed. So this is the time of year to cut them back. So remove all the old flowers, remove all the old seed and cut back the, the young growth by at least three to four inches. So prune them quite heavily back um, and they'll respond to that pruning by kicking back into growth and producing flowers next spring as well and they flower literally from February right through until where we now in the middle of June in June yeah so and I the pieces that the the listener takes away the little stem pieces they can be used as cuttings to propagate new plants you can see in the background the, the, the lupins, lupins yeah right what's that plant there that red that, burst that, like a feather that's cordline. that's a cordline, a red leafed cordline. so it's used as a um, we call it the cabbage tree because it produces this clean stem like a like a tree they often can grow up to 10 15 feet cherry in, in height of color oh lovely and and the whole the color 12 months of the year really okay. simple plant now, we'll
0: go to this one you can go back now I think in fairness of the moment or your knees will give in you. and we'll answer one more before we go, we go to the break question in since 7.20 mm. hope you get a chance to answer says Mary I think Mary is talking I think you'll have to come back again right. on. Mary would like to know the name of this plant in flower now
1: and is, oh. is perennial It's. Um, this is a brilliant plant this is a, a plant called Erygeron sea breeze and you, the, you'll see the best of it in seaside gardens it's called the fleabane is the common name for it um, but it's it's a beautiful easy to grow plant so to describe it to listeners yeah. it's ground covering so it only grows about a foot in height it'll spread up to nearly a meter maybe one and a half meters in diameter and um, the flowers are just coming on now they're they're like a daisy like a large daisy with a yellow center and a pink outer band lovely company beautiful yeah. plant really easy to grow so it's a ridgeron sea breeze easy to grow it's a perennial comes back year after year Great ground covering plant, and it's it's just coming into flower now. It'll stay in flower again until certainly the end of August, early September. Simple, easy plant to grow. Sea breeze because it grows in seaside areas. It takes the breeze. It's a hardy little thing. Could you grow so, it inland though? Well, oh you can. Yeah. Oh, it's quite happy, and and any any seaside plants will grow inland okay. quite happily. But this is so. This is a ridgeron. Sea breeze. Lovely, easy to grow plant.
0: Well, with the ridger Sea breeze, we are going to take ourselves a commercial break. Rejoin us again in a couple of moments' time with Porig live in studio taking your questions, and we'll do so until 10 o'clock. I'll tell you, as he said, he's back and over. He's over and back like a fiddler's elbow. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a great workout. All right. I have a large rose in a big pot for a lot of years. I look after and feed it, etc.
1: Not much foliage and no flowers this year. Oh, well, not much foliage is worrying. Now, if it's in a big pot, it sounds to me like the plant may be hungry if it's there quite a number of years. So I would actually transplant that rose. So trim it back take it out of the pot, plant it out into the garden soil if, if you can, because roses are quite hungry plants and if they're left in containers over a long period, particularly with this one, with a little, very little foliage, you no know, flower, it needs to be moved. The one about a plum tree with the a one. few leaves this year, yeah. 20 years there. We, talk, we, oh, we, we, the we did that one I, with I the got, silver So this leaf, is yeah. the one I need yeah. to
0: do. So then. Hi Midwest, my trailing petunias are long and leggy with nice flowers. Can
1: I cut them well back? You can, you can pr- prune back the uh, trailing petunias, certainly take five, four or five inches uh, you know, give them a bit of a haircut, as it were, okay. with just sharp scissors or secateurs. Give it a good liquid feed; it'll kick back into growth, and you'll end up with bushier, more colourful plants. Good morning, my rooster potato stems got badly damaged with the last wind. Do you think they will continue to grow potatoes? Well, they should do, and this wind is probably going to flatten a certain amount of, of potatoes. Um, so you could take a little bit of weight out of them by just trimming back some of the stem tops of the, of the potatoes as well. Uh, but if they're flattened over, they'll still they'll still continue to grow and they should, they should be fine.
0: Porrick, is it best to take down hanging baskets today? Is leaving them on the ground okay, or should I actually put them in a shed?
1: Leave them on the ground. Leave them on the ground. Best trees for shelter beside a sea, very exposed area. Well, the best trees, if you want broadleaf trees, something that's going to you know give nice foliage color, you've got plants like sorbus, lutecens, the white beam. So in, in seaside areas you're contending with the salt and you're mm-hmm. contending with the wind. So you need trees that can tolerate that kind of really windswept area. So white bean for me is probably the best. The other one you could plant is related to our, our native white thorn, which is Crotagus paul scarlet. So it's got lovely red flowers, uh, but it's got that white thorn strength and, and ability. They're two really good uh, broadleaf trees that do really well. If you want a hedge, Ili- Iliagnus abengii makes a good silver silverleafed wall of foliage up to about 10 feet. And, and, and you know, gives really mm. good shelter, but it forms more a hedge rather than a tree. So, the white beam, the red, cortegis, Paul scarlet, or iliagnus, if you want a good solid wall of foliage.
0: Are hollyhocks a good option for a privacy screen in summer in a housing estate front garden? Also, are there any other tall, narrow plants to consider for a small garden? Thanks, Anne.
1: Oh, well, hollyhocks. So, hollyhock grows Oh, anything up to six feet in height. So even seven feet in height and can grow maybe two feet in diameter. So if they're strategically placed, maybe against a you know in front of a window, it will give very good protection. Uh, you know, so it'll give you it'll block an area and be very pretty right through the summer. It gives fantastic color. Delphiniums will be good as well. They will grow up to five feet, maybe six feet in height and give um, good color as well right through the summer. Um, hollyhocks tend to be biennial, which means they last about two years. After that, they get a little bit spent the delphiniums will come back year after year. Good morning. Daffodils, can they be grown from seeds that are on the stems? And when would you plant them, they as They can, Patrick? yeah, and, and they're coming ripe, or they will come ripe over the next couple of weeks, so um, the listener can allow the seed pods to develop, then harvest the, take literally just cut the seed heads off the daffodils around the first week of August, open up the pods and sow the seed in compost. Now, it takes up to three, maybe four years for those daffodils to come mm. into flower. That's so when wild, you When you, you buy a daffodil bulb... Investment. Yeah, when you buy a daffodil bulb in the autumn, yeah. it's already three yeah. years old. Ah. And the flower embryo is already formed. If you cut it with a knife, you'll see the little embryo right in the centre of the daffodil. So, that you know, same with a tulip bulb. Yeah. You're buying a three-year-old bulb. So, it's three years in Holland being grown. and, and then I, I and love them. My favourite. Ah, they're, they're oh, fabulous. fabulous.
0: My lawn is yellow spots
1: where grass has died as I have a dog. What can I do? Female dog, probably. So, the urine... If, if the dog is visiting the grass, the urine has is full of ammonia and, and burns, physically burns the lawn. So long term, you're going to have to stop that from happening. You're going to have to keep the, the, the dog, the dog off, the the, off the green lawn because, yeah, the urine will continue to, to burn it. Having said that, it's a great time of year for reseeding and repatching, particularly again with the drop of rain. Mm. So all you simply do is cut the lawn more, cut the lawn nice and tight. Uh, mix some compost and lawn seed, green velvet lawn seed together in a bucket or in the barrow and literally just chuck it into the bare area and and brush it in with a yard brush and leave it alone. Within seven to ten days, the seed will start to germinate and by August, September, you'll have a fabulous new lawn again. It'll all patch in again. Like as if it never happened. Exactly, but you need to keep the dog off it.
0: What's the best compost for flower pots and for a grave?
1: Well, compost, the multipurpose compost, there's a good one called John Ennis, uh, is a very good one. I really like the Bordemona compost in particular. I, I find it really good. Um, and to that, mix some slow-release fertilizer. So buy a bag of compost, multipurpose, but buy get yourself a little box of slow-release fertilizer. That will feed the plants for up to six months, and particularly on a grave situation where you're not there on a regular basis to, to liquid feed and so on the fertiliser is working away over that mm. six-month period. Why is it acceptable to spray potatoes, but if you spray apples nobody wants to buy them? Well, if you're spraying apples you're spraying the fruit, you're applying spray onto the actual fruit that you're actually going to be physically eating. When you apply spray to a, a, a potato plant mm. you're applying to the foliage rather than to the tubers beneath, so I mean that's generally the, the and, and with apples I wouldn't be spraying them too often to be honest you know, unless Why would you spray apples at well, all? Well, sometimes they get apple scab, okay. sometimes they get um, uh, pests as well like a and you know something like rose clear can be used on them but I buy quite a number of apples in my garden I never bother spraying them Mm, and not a little bit of marking on the leaf and a little bit of marking on the fruit the fruit is still totally edible Can I cut slips from shrubs evergreens etc and what's the best way to set them? Yeah so this is a great time of year as we come into July to take cuttings of your favourite plants geraniums lavateria hydrangeas fuchsias whatever plants you want again short cuttings root very quickly Jerry. so you know, I I normally say pencil length but maybe half the pencil length so about five inches, six inches in length, about pencil thickness, strip off the leaves, dip them in rooting powder exactly like I mentioned about the wallflowers and they generally will root in about a six week period if you take them now. So take them short, remove any flower buds, remove all the leaves apart from one leaf right at the top and if the leaf is large, say like a a hydrangea, cut it with a scissors in half so you're reducing down the the amount of foliage and and that helps stop the cutting from drying out. Simply put them into a a gritty compost, cover them with a milky bag, like a butcher's bag and sit them on a windowsill. Leave them for six weeks. You don't have to touch them because the bag is keeping the The cuttings moisture moisture, exactly. So leave them alone. Six weeks time, have a look at what happens and you should have lots of new cuttings and pot them up and and uh, you I, go. I'm doing myself out of business. I'm like... Well, I, t- <laughs> I
0: noticed how so the talk starts to trail off because a bell went on in his head and he says, hold on. A light bulb. <laughs> Too much advice here. Now, do you remember Olivia from earlier, on? I do. And she
1: sent us this plant
0: and you said, "Yes." Well, zoom in on it, Olivia, or yeah. zoom out, let's yes, see. Yes, So you've seen the zoom out. I have. What do you think now? So this is
1: the outdoor... Uh, Olivia has the outdoor geraniums, not to be confused with our Mediterranean friends, the pelargoniums that we have in our hanging baskets and window boxes. So these are outdoor geraniums and this is a variety called max free which is a lovely pink variety ground covering easy to grow well worth planting in the garden and there are lots of other colors that olivia could plant there's a lovely one called rosanne which is a lovely blue uh, geranium it the flowers are actually sterile jerry which means that the plant cannot produce seed which means it continues to flower until october oh. it's the best outdoor ground covering geranium one called rosanne uh, so it it continually flowers all the time because it can never produce seed on its own. Um, so it's, it's a particularly good variety. Flowers for are its reason, for. Yeah, absolutely. The very being of it, it is to flower. It's, it's to produce seed. But it cannot produce seed, so it continues for us. So that's one called Geranium Roseanne and fork art is another good variety, um, Geranium Sanguinium. There's lots of really good varieties, well worth planting. Am I too old to sign up and go with your full time training? No, yeah. <laughs> you can, you can your, join me every your, Saturday. Your buddy,
0: lads. God knows we'll begrudge a few leaves off the rose bush to make a nest for the bees. So exactly. That's about, so the well, analogy, there you go. This, now it all comes. You come around, come around, my son, because we've got photos. Oh right. So yeah. Okay. Off you come. Off again. Okay. Now mm. this one. Uh, Hi, Park. Can you tell me where I can get some more of these iris?
1: I had a good display of them, but sadly they all died last year, except this one. Uh Thanking you. So these are are the beautiful irises that are grown from a bulb. So the listener obviously bought them as bulbs probably probably in January uh, of this year. You plant them in January, that's when they'll become available. And they come in a whole range of different colours and generally very easy to grow. So my advice, you won't get... Uh, plants in the now this time of year but next january pop into your local garden center they come in shades this one is blue with a, a little yellow center jerry but they come in shades of white and yellows um blues very pale blues and dark blue as this one are mm. and very simple to grow would well, i be very cheeky So that pot plant looks very dry it uh, <laughs> It does, actually. No, you're dead right. And irises like a little bit of, you know, they like to be in moist, relatively moist soil. Okay. So it does need <coughs> a little bit of water. Water or iris? There's only one uh, plant in that pot. So, you know, it's it's um, it's on its own. We're so off you, to a Christmas cactus, look Lovely. A Christmas cactus.
0: Let's see what the question is to go with the Christmas cactus. It says, I have a Christmas cactus for years now and the leaves have turned reddish purple. What Can you, you tell me what is wrong with it? Marjorie in Leafany. What do you think? Or dry water, moisture. No, no, late, late, no, late. too no, much light. No, no,
1: it's actually hungry. Huh? When you see the red, see how that red—the leaves have gone from yeah. a green to a red—and red redness in plants is an indication that the plant is lacking in nutrition. Oh. So it's in that pot too long. The pot looks quite small for the size of the plant. So my advice, really, Marjorie, is to to repot it and repot it at this time of year. So again, into your local garden centre, get a bag of cacti compost and repot it. Move it up into about a six-inch pot, I'd say it would need, um, and that red coloration will actually go back to green again. So redding, reddening of, of the foliage is a, a clear indication that the plant is lacking I'd say nutrition. when that's
0: fully healthy, it's a beautiful Oh, plant. a lovely
1: plant. They, well, that's a Absolutely, huh? absolutely.
0: There's another one here now, so let's crack at this one as well. And the question with this one is, can you ask Porig, will these flower? I planted these last year, no flowers yet. I've them planted in a border along a stone wall,
1: think it's a Zen. What yeah. are they, so this is a plant called Crocrosmia or Mount You know the wild Mount that flowers down through Mulrani and Ackle. It's got these uh, orange flowers, Mount right, Yes, Considered a weed by some uh, because it, it spreads like mad, but there are cultivated forms and this one looks like a variety called Lucifer. And Lucifer the devil produces beautiful red, scarlet red flowers about the middle of July. So I have them in my garden. I've them planted through white hydrangeas yeah. and they come into oh, flower in my garden and red. In, yeah, in about three weeks time. So and there's nothing to worry about. The plants are actually very, very healthy. Give them a little bit of a liquid feed by all means and they'll come into flower in mid-July for you. All right, you're finished for the moment. We can go back now. Good morning. Is it okay to shape your shrubs now? well it depends what shrubs they are so no, what no, no, the listener shape them design shape, them, like well, them yeah but so the listener obviously wants to prune them back and maybe tidy them up and, and put a bit of shape on them so the the pruning of plants depends on the on what plants they are so right. we we generally put plants into a, we classify them as spring or summer flowering so if you think about spring flowering plants you're thinking of plants that like flowering redcurrant for Sithii. they've all finished flowering at this stage. So they flowered in the springtime, which means they flowered like the cherry tree. They flowered on the previous season's wood. So the time to prune those is immediately after flowering. Because if you start cutting them in the middle of the summer, you're cutting back the growth that they're going to bloom on next spring. So plants that go out of flower in springtime, that's not, not three weeks later or four weeks later. You cut them as soon as the flowers start to fade. Summer flowering plants like hydrangeas, fuchsias, uh, hypericum all the pla- roses that flower from june through to the end of the summer we prune in springtime because they flower on new growth so I whatever growth they make this year they produce their flowers on so it depends what the plants are i you know i don't particularly like plants that are all you, you see gardens where every plant is shaped into a yeah. square or and it just looks a bit let naff takes exactly, oh, exactly let nature exactly let it do its thing yeah. any tips for on how to prevent lilies from falling over Well, you can get uh, stakes, and this would apply to a lot of plants. These are are probably the arum lilies, the big white lilies, and particularly in windy weather, they're about a metre, maybe even taller at this stage, and in windy weather, they can flop over. So in your local garden centre, you can get uh, supports, metal supports um, that will fit around the plant, and just the plant actually grows up through it. So it hides the metal stake. but but it supports the plant. And this would apply to things like hydrangea annabelle, which is one of the big flowering hydrangeas that tends to flop over when we get windy, wet weather. So any of those herbaceous plants like arum lilies, rudbeckias, um, delphiniums, they will all benefit from support. And the plant will literally just grow up through it. And once you have the supports, you use them every year. My daughter is getting married
0: in August. When should I get my hanging baskets so that they will be in full bloom for the fall?
1: Right. That's that's the gist of that. The most popular question I get asked at this time of year is about weddings. People want to have the gardens (laughs) looking well. So what to plant? So hanging baskets are at their best in August. So my advice is to get your hanging baskets now start looking after them, lic- washing them at least twice a week and liquid feeding them once a week with a high potassium feed. So the bloomy magic again would be absolutely perfect. But get them now and uh, you know start cultivating grow and uh, you know letting them start to bloom and start looking after them by august they'll be absolutely terrific i can imagine but plants like begonias and geraniums and all the summer flowering plants august is is their month month, to bloom yeah hydrangeas they'll be in full Full they flower with vulgarity in august they're at their best at that time of year come around once more please poric as the caller says what
0: is this now you'll be at this straight away (laughs) Well, i for
1: six months. Okay, so this is this is a plant called Olyria macrodonta. Oh, heavens above. Right, see the holly-like leaves? Yes. See how the leaves are toothed? Yes. So um, it's often planted for as a seaside hedge. So it's it's really good in seaside areas. Again, going back to the question that somebody was looking for plants to plant in an exposed area, Olyria macrodonta is, will grow anything up to eight to ten feet in height. It makes a terrific mm. shrub or hedge, if you trim it as a hedge, and it produces these white daisy-like flowers. I was just going to say, they look like little daisies. Yeah, little daisy-like flowers. All the O'Leary family produce these flowers during the summer months, but Macrodonta has that lovely leaf structure as well. As a hedge, it tends not to flower as well because you're you're physically cutting it on a regular basis, but left as a shrub, then it comes into flower every year like that. So really, and again, a great plant to propagate from cuttings at this time of year, so easy to grow. I have a problem with briars growing through my laurel hedge. How do I get rid of them? Okay, well, don't spray them. That's the first thing. And you'll find with briars that briars are actually not a deep-rooting weed. So, you know, dandelions de, de, um, dandelions and docks have roots that can go down up to a, mm. a foot in, in depth. Uh, brambles tend to, or briars tend to be on the surface of the of the soil. So the best way to get rid of them is actually to scuffle them out with a sharp spade. Get down your hands and knees. Get it down like to the you root. Are now. exactly, and just gut them out or root them out at this time of year. So that's what I would do. Don't be spraying them because you're going to damage the um, laurel hedge. We've brought you to your knees today. <laughs> <Yeah>. There's thirty <laughs> seconds left. What should on. people do in thirty seconds? Okay. Well, look at the, the key. As I said earlier, I would be feeding feeding garden plants at the moment. Watch for the slug control because slugs are very active in this wet weather, and you can use the organic treatments for that. The sowing of the seeds. So remember all the plants I mentioned, the, particularly the winter and spring flowering plants like winter pansies, winter violas, wallflowers, sweet williams, forget me nots, double daisies. They can be sown at this time of year. Lupins, delphiniums for next year. All the veg, you can sow veg still from seed but also from plants. So pop into your local garden centre, get a couple of boxes of plants, like the winter kale, the winter cabbage, the dutchy cabbage, for example, the winter lettuce, but also get some seed as well and sow both at this time of year. When the weather does dry up, Get back out on the particularly on the weeds, because the weeds are going to be actively growing, coming into flower and producing seed. So stop them from doing that and, and keep the garden neat and tidy. And it's a great time of year, Jerry, for the taking of cuttings, for propagating your yes. own plants from cuttings. So use this, use this warm period to actually sow seed, get plants grown from cuttings. And the other key tip is plants that are in flower, and if you want to extend that flowering period is to deadhead them. So okay. if you want to keep the lupins flowering, keep deadheading them right through the summer and give them a liquid feed and you keep them blooming to the end of the summer. Are you back next Saturday? Every the Last Saturday, or next Saturday actually is my last the Saturday for the yeah. summer and then we're back in the autumn again.
0: It's been a blast. Porik Thanks, Porik, Thank you very much. Thanks to our listeners. Sorry to those that we didn't get the questions answered but hopefully we'd get some more of them done again next Saturday. Thank you, Teresa and the team. Michael Neary standing by the other side of 10. From all of us on The Gardening Show, have pleasant gardening and Porrick is back again next Saturday morning with God's help.